0: multiple reasons why I'm running. First off, what's been happening at the legislature over the last four years is uh, quite disgraceful. It's a disgrace to the community. The way things have been run there hasn't been transparency. It hasn't really, we've been cutting services. Stuff has been done that hasn't benefited the residents of Sullivan County. Other reasons in, in terms of I am the village mayor of Monticello now. And just to see how county treats the village, the county seat as a Personally, and from my position now, what we have to do at the county level to support the village and the other villages in Sullivan County, these are our urban centers. They're important, and instead of being basically a dumping ground for the county and social services, we think I think we need to put some investment into the villages. They're the driver of a lot of our commerce, and I feel like it's just been neglected by the county and county government. We're one of handful of counties that doesn't make our villages whole with taxes, meaning if you don't pay your taxes, the county will cover your portion of the town taxes and the school taxes, but they don't for the villages. And this is not just Monticello and and Liberty. It's it's Bloomingburg, it's uh, Jeffersonville, Wurtzboro, Woodridge. Villages will then have to wait through the foreclosure process to get that tax money back. So, For the village of Monticello, that's been at times, eighty. we would collect 80% of our tax base. We'll collect $4 million instead of $5 million, and we have to wait three years for that million dollars, beg, borrow, and steal. In the meantime, pay penalty, pay interest, where as they do with the towns and the schools, the county can just make us whole, give us the money, and then they proceed to receive that money through the tax auctions or whatever other way they're going to sell the properties off, which for the village a one million on a six million dollar or five million dollar budget is huge. One million dollars on a two hundred and eighty five million dollar budget is, is peanuts. And it's not money that's gonna be lost, it's money that's gonna take a little longer to receive. Just from that perspective, living in the village and seeing what's going on and, and how we don't take care of them. But just back to I'm quite embarrassed by the legislature now. We obviously be behind in the times. We don't have a county executive here in Sullivan County. Which means that we don't have a voice meeting with the governor. We have problems here, and I'm sure you'll get to them with your questions, and then I'll elaborate more on certain things. But it's important to have a county executive who everyone in Sullivan County gets to vote for. Right now, you have someone who's getting who has 10% of the population, and they're able to set committees and basically run things the way they would like it which is, to me, is a very undemocratic. So getting a county executive one, making villages whole, and, and then talking about sharing some sales taxes throughout the county with the towns and, and villages. That's another thing that we're behind on the times on. It seems like everyone else, every other county who's ahead of us, whether it be economically or on the healthcare rankings, they, they all have these things that they've done over the years, and, and we're just behind on the times, and I feel like it's time for us to catch up.
1: Let's talk about some of the issues here. Access to healthcare is really important here, and especially in rural sure. Solomon County. We're such a huge county and a lot of services now are being shipped to Orange County. It is a critical concern. What initiative do you propose or or ensure that that residents in remote areas in a county have access to quality health care?
0: In terms of quality health care, I don't think the county itself really has much quality health care. We do have in the lower county, we have some major medical offices and stuff. But even with those offices, you call someone and ask them how long it takes to get an appointment or the quality of care they get at these places. Let's first start with our Medicare reimbursement in Sullivan County. See, Sullivan County gets at a lower reimbursement rate than the rest of the counties in the mid, in the Hudson Valley region That's where with the, that we're usually grouped in. For instance, uh, a doctor here gives Medicare a bill for $100, they'll get 70 cents on the dollar in Sullivan counties, whereas in Orange County, they'll get 85 cents on the dollar. So right there, that just shows you why th- there's no incentive for a medical group to become here, whether it's in the rural areas or in, in the more urban areas or closer to Orange County. So right there comes back to my county executive. That is something that a county executive should be up in Albany once a month and calling Albany, calling the governor's office once a week trying to lobby for us because if we're never going to get the same reimbursement on the Medicare, we're never going to get the quality of care here we need. And if we don't get that first, we'll never see the expansion within the rural region. First and foremost, we have to make sure that we are on the same page and get the same reimbursement as everyone else. We, when we do a public works project here in Sullivan County, we have to say that play the same prevailing wage that we do in Manhattan. We're grouped in with those counties from here all the way to Suffolk County. But when it comes to our reimbursement rate, when it comes to our health care, we're not in the same range as them. We're below them. And you can see that by the quality of care we're receiving here. So the first step is, is to lobby that. And then when we do get organizations here and and they're setting up shop here and obviously we get involved with the IDA and, and giving stuff like that, make them come out and, and set out outposts in the rural areas or you don't give them anything else where in the places that they want. You got to hold them accountable as well. It's been too long where we've put profits over people and, and it's time to change that around. Southern County relies
1: heavily on tourism. We've seen a huge boom post-pandemic, moving here, starting businesses here. Uh, so how can you still bolster tourism that like we are doing now, but still address the concerns of residents who might be impacted by the increased visitor traffic that we have?
0: It's a fine line to to walk on. Sullivan County has always been a tourist destination. That was what we were in our heyday, and that's what we're focusing on now. There has been a, a movement to try to diversify what we do here in Sullivan County in terms of the jobs that we're creating and not to only depend on tourism. In terms of the traffic concerns, everything, we have to work at our infrastructure. We have to invest in that and do studies, see what we can do to mitigate some of that. But unfortunately, it's going to be a concern, I think, going forward. And as I've always said traffic is a good thing. I understand I live in the village of Monticello where we're used to traffic. But as a business owner, more people coming to the county is a, is, is a great thing. I, I've seen it in my own business, what has been done through the casino and the cartwright locally and everything else that's gone through the county. And with the second homeowners and, and the, the new homeowners moving up, we have to look at, number one, the problem that brings is, is more with the, the housing crisis also drives some of that. So we have to look at innovative ways to create more housing and to do it in ways where it's not going to mess with our rural landscapes and, and cost traffic in those areas. In the village of Monticello is an urban center, and, and that's where we should be looking at getting some, diff- we, and we have been doing this, getting multi-unit projects. And that's, that's for workforce housing, senior housing, market rate, because there's a, a lack of housing in, in every sector. Here in Sullivan County right now, but uh, when it comes to the, the traffic and some of, some of the stuff is gonna we're gonna have to look at ways through infrastructure to mitigate some of that. I don't think we're gonna have less people coming to Sullivan County. We're gonna have more people coming, so I think we have to do some infrastructure projects where we're gonna have to widen some roads, maybe add some lanes here and there, and just work with everyone not only to mitigate traffic but to make sure our emergency services can get to where they need to be when they need to be there and uh, tighten that stuff up and, and look at what other places have done to to keep themselves safe and keep the people happy.
1: You mentioned affordable housing. Given the the scarcity of housing, how can you ensure continued accessibility for housing for
0: all residents of Sullivan County, not just for those who can afford it? Specifically, what I've done in in my last few years in the village of Monticello is, in the the eight years I've been on the board, is, for instance, we put in a historical district, which allowed people uh, to receive 40% of the renovation costs back on Broadway. So in the last two years, we've had about 60 apartments open up on Broadway and we have another 80 on the way now. Taking the properties that we have that have been empty and vacant for all these years and activating them has been a huge boost without having to put one shovel in the ground. So making sure that we have the buildings in all our downtowns, in every single hamlet, in every single village, make sure they're all activated and make sure that the apartments upstairs are actually being used. Landlords are doing the right thing and, and making nice apartments for people and. That has been, without any building happening, it's ex- expanded our housing. In terms of the housing, we in the village, we have made our process streamlined, where developers know they're coming in, they're going to be able to come to a couple planning board meetings and get their project going. We've talked to developers, and we understand that not just in the village, other places have problems with water and infrastructure. And so we have making sure that developers have to put their fair share in when it comes to that. Currently now, if you're building something that's over eight units, you have to dig a well and, and put that water back into the village water system. Because it, you're adding to our infrastructure, it should be at the cost of the developer. And so looking at that, looking at innovative ways to zone things in order to save our natural resources, but to build housing so people can live and, and people can prosper here in Sullivan County. Sullivan County has one of the highest op- opioid
1: overdose rates in the state, excluding New York City. Do you believe the county is currently taking enough action to address the issue? And what additional measures do you believe can not be implemented?
0: I'm not saying we're not trying, but people in, in Sullivan County are trying, but I, I don't think the legislature has done enough. And to be honest, I think they might have exacerbated some of the situations. We don't have the treatment centers that we need here, nor are we lobbying for them where we need to be lobbying. The opioid money that was received in the settlement just finally went out, it's been held for over a year. How many people have died in that time? We have a system here where we don't have emergency housing, we don't have housing for people coming out of rehab, and we'll just throw them in a hotel in a village next to a predatory drug dealer. I I think blood is on the hands of the legislature, unfortunately, I I think we've not done enough. We are not, we don't have a county executive to lobby for us to get these things that we need. And I just think uh, everyone turns a blind eye because they don't live, you know, in the village of Monticello. People in charge now, I can see, don't really care about the village of Monticello. It's just drop another one in the village and drop them in Liberty and let them fend for themselves. More programming, more access to counseling and quick, what is it called, the the fast detox centers, I think is a must- we also have to look at the reason why in Sullivan County do we have so many people addicted to opioids. First, I would say is that it starts with the youth. We don't do enough for our youth here. The county does barely anything but throw a couple of five and $10,000 grants around. It, it doesn't... We have the opportunity now where we can build youth centers throughout the county. We have transportation that we're using throughout the county to send kids to programs. So kids from Narrowsburg will want to do a program that's in at the youth center that we built in, 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 in Fallsburg, they'll be able to do that. Networking these kids from a younger age, see what they can get involved in and, and where they can get involved in that. It just, give them the opportunity to leave their towns to do something else. But it comes with leadership at the county government, setting up some youth centers. They have the money over the last few years with the money they've gotten through COVID and the anticipated loss, which they never had, the furloughs, the cuts, they could have done something. But instead, they, they just made more cuts. And I think the cuts that they've made in the planning department, in the Office for the Aging, and all the health services departments, I think was going to make the situation a lot worse. Social workers, it's not helping in this situation. Becoming a high draft, drug trafficking area will help, but doesn't. it's not going to help if the uh, county government is not using the resources to put it where it needs to be. In recent years, there's been a noticeable increase in public
1: disagreements and infighting among the members of the self and Canada Legislature. As you look to the future, what steps do you tend to take to address the issue and foster better cooperation among your
0: federal legislatures? I can't say that I haven't been part of my own disagreements on my own board. I think I've done a good job of navigating that and putting us to the point where you see the county legislature on the cover of the newspapers and their dysfunction, not the village of Monticello. What we've done at the village and what the county should do is openly talk about things not last minute resolutions that are done with a majority, backwards. Everything should be out for discussion. Not only for the legislators who represent the people, but for the people to hear, and for the people to, be, to make their thoughts heard on, that, on those sort of things. That would be the first thing. I personally uh, was growing up with morals and re- knowing how to respect people. You can get your point across without being a bully or, or being nasty, angry, cursing. And, and I'm a person that curses a lot. But uh, when I'm in my meetings, uh, I can make my point across because if you have to do those things, you don't really have a good point. If you have to put an extra exclamation on top of everything, what you're saying doesn't really matter too much. If you were voted on to let and also Rob was also, and I'm sure he'll be want to run for chair again, would you vote for him? No, and this, this is going to be a long one. I was asked this question in my debate last week, and i just like to start off by apologizing to hot dog cart owners because I said I wouldn't let him run a hot dog cart. And I want to apologize to people that run hot dog carts because they're hardworking and I'm sure a lot more honest than our chair is right now. On a municipal level, as the village mayor, Rob has done nothing but try to extort the village, bully us, and unfortunately, it came to the detriment of the county taxpayers and a benefit for the village taxpayers. The East Broadway project, the county came to us and told us there was a $2.3 million overage, and we had to come up with half of it. Now, this is a project that was 12 years old. We had never even had any notification on it, but obviously something that was very badly needed in the village. So we go back to the DOT. We got them to throw some more money. Eventually it came back that we were working on a deal to pay $700,000 over a time period for the project to be completed on the village's end as well, as, as instead of them just doing sidewalks to nowhere on the county end of that road, which would be from the village out. In that time, Rob was trying to take the village parking lots over, the one across from the, the government center and the one on North Street. And, and the one on Lakewood Avenue, he basically said, oh, you know what? I, I got to deal with Gordon. I'm going to come back and we're going to take him for free, blah, blah, blah. And stepped away from the table, but then forgot to charge the village for that $700,000 on that project. Village residents got that for free, which is good for village residents because we are a depressed community with no help from the county. But that, his extortion of village parking lots for who knows what reason, because all I asked was to keep them public. I asked him to just keep them public for the, and you can have the parking lots, but he wouldn't do that either. After all that, they thought that Gordon was going to come in and give everything away for free to him. And now the county is on the hook for that $700,000. It ended up good for me as the mayor of the village of Monticello, and it looks beautiful. But that kind of stuff, you don't need that from a leader. That This is not the way to do things. Another story is the, the county approached me about putting a fitness deck in the village of Monticello. We moved forward with that. We picked up a spot behind the Strobel Center. We started to fund it. We got a bunch of community members, community organizations to fund it. And then the county pulled their, and then as the equipment was being delivered, the county pulled their funding after, and I have emails, I have it from employees of the county saying that it's just a formality to vote on this $50,000. But so the stuff, equipment gets delivered and then he pulls the funding. So we don't, the villagers didn't have the money to pay for it. Hey, I don't know if it was who involved, but then I had board members of mine that I mentioned earlier who were going to the police saying that I ordered this stuff, unilaterally, you know, And, you know, so they tried to get me in trouble. Like, but luckily the school district came through and that fitness court will be put on the Monticello High School property next to the new tennis courts. And it will be open to the public. Contrary to Rob trying to mess with the area, we got it done eventually without that funding. And so glad that happened. So yeah, I, I wouldn't make this guy a chair. I, I wouldn't let him empty the water out of a hot dog cart say that. You have an opponent for your district. Why should folks vote for you over your opponent? I think if you look on our track records, it'll just show you. I, number one, have lived in this area for 33 years. My family's owned a business for 32 years. I've been involved here on the village board eight years, for many years before that, doing charity and other nonprofit work. I know the people here. I know the community. And um, I feel like I've Done a pretty decent job giving what we've been able to, I mean, accomplish the village given our resources. Broadway was empty when I took over. You can't find every place where the CO is rented right now, and the rest of them are all being worked on or in the process of getting their permitting to work on. The retail is being driven by the residential above it and throughout the, the village, I've done some innovative things to bring in money to the village, make sure companies like Walmart are paying their fair share to the village. I was able to get under the $150,000 a year out of them to keep using our water. That went to our general fund. As my uh, opponent is, is very new to the area, a pretty seasoned politician, but also a political opportunist in my view. For instance, I was at a door the other day and they're telling me how, uh, oh, she's done a great work with the lake communities in, in, in the town of Thompson. And so I say, well, then how come she never went for the Town of Thompson board, where she can affect all the stuff that's going on in the Town of Thompson? Whereas in the legislature, there won't be anything that will be done with the planning and zoning boards in the Town of Thompson. And to me, it just seems it's just an opportunity for her. Just like when she moved into this area, she said that it was an open seat in the state Senate when our state senator, Peter Oberrocker, was an incumbent there and uh, has been doing a wonderful job there. And so just right there, it just shows you that they're more interested in uh, being in the public eye and, and having power instead of helping the people below them. The record in Ulster County as being chair and, and multiple scandals that were there, people can read about that themselves. Just Google her name. Uh, I, I never really talked bad about opponents, but sometimes you, you have to let people know what's out there and, and let them see from what they see online and the news and the people in Ulster County what, what really happened and why they should vote for me over her.
1: We'll talk to George Nicolaitis, who's running for District 9 Let's State Tour. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Oh, thank you for having me.